Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Primal Potential is about you. Your ability to change is not defined by yesterday and doesn't need to wait until tomorrow. Your transformation is now. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton. Really appreciate you spending a little bit of your time with me today. I know there are a lot of things you could be doing, a lot of things you could be listening to, and I'm very grateful that you're listening to this. Every year, I do a live event for Primal Potential, a weekend workshop. It's called Ascend. Our first one was in Nashville, Tennessee. Then we had one in Boston. We took a year off so I could finish chasing cupcakes and focus on that big project. And then we had this past one in Portland, Oregon. And I love Ascend. One of the biggest challenges that I always have preparing for the weekend workshop is as I'm coming up with content, which I work on over a six or more month period, I always want to jump on and record it as a podcast, right? Because as a podcaster, anytime you think of something that could really help people or serve people or be interesting, you want to jump on the mic, right? (laughs) But I don't want anybody to ever go to Ascend and feel like, this is a podcast. It has to be different. And it always is different. And I wish that you all could have been there because it was such an amazing weekend. And I wish that I could recap it in a podcast, but I can't. I can't because so much of the work that we did was based on the group. And it was based on taking time that you know, we can't take on the podcast really to sit down and dive deep individually, you know, to really do that work. But what I can do is share a few of my favorite things and my big takeaways from the weekend. Again, I wish I could share everything that we covered and go into all the details, but um, this format just doesn't lend itself to that. So we will do the next best thing, which is share a few of my big takeaways and and favorite moments. Just to give you guys a sense of kind of what it's like, I wanted to start out with a very high-level overview of how the weekend goes. So on Friday night, and it's been like this for, for all of the ascends that we've had, on Friday night, there is a really casual meet and greet reception. Folks who are in town a little bit early because we don't start until Saturday morning are welcome to come and meet me, meet other people. A lot of folks have either been to multiple ascends before or are in the master's club or know people through the 12 weeks to transformation. So it feels a little bit like a family reunion. Of course, there's always a bunch of people who don't know anybody. And I always, you know, want to make an effort to to connect with them. 
But that's what we did on Friday night. We had a beautiful hotel right on the waterfront in downtown Portland, Oregon. The weather was cooperating, so that gave us uh, some really nice scenery. My mom was there and her husband, my sister was there, the boyfriend was there. And kind of funny story, a few weeks before Ascend, I had gone with the boyfriend and, and my whole family to my grandmother's 99th birthday party. And my sister was wearing a white short sleeve collared shirt with pink flamingos on it, a button down shirt. And the boyfriend was like, I have that same shirt. And uh, they were like, oh my gosh, we need to figure out a time to like wear them together. And through conversation, they realized that they also had the same light blue pastel shorts. And the party favors at that party, among other things, were socks because that's a very that's basically if you go to a party in my family, you leave with socks. <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of the way that rolls. So um, they had matching tropical socks, matching blue shorts, matching white button-down shirts with pink flamingos on it, and they decided that they wanted to wear that to the meet and greet on Friday night at Ascend. So that's how you knew who uh, who my crew was. I certainly wasn't wearing that getup. I was the pregnant one. Um, but that was really funny. People people really enjoyed getting to meet my mom and my sister and the boyfriend and all that. So Friday night was just appetizers, drinks, casual meet and greet. We get started on Saturday morning. We dive right in. We take lots of time to do work in ourselves because what I noticed with the podcast is that a lot like reading a book, you can have many moments of inspiration or aha moments, but carving out the time to actually do something with it, to go a little bit deeper or to create a plan to put it into action or actually put it into action is harder to come by. So I make sure to create that time at Ascend. So there's a lot of that. I provide lunch on a Saturday and Sunday, at least I did this time and in the past. So we had a really great lunch as a group came back in the afternoon for more of the same kind of exploring some concepts as well as doing individual work, even a little bit of sharing. Saturday night is one of my favorite things. The Masters Club goes out for dinner on Saturday night. And uh, this one was extra special. We were at an amazing Asian restaurant where we had a family-style meal. So good. So much food. And then the Masters Club surprised me with an a little baby shower. And that was super, super fun. They were crazy generous and just um, covered us with love. And, and that was that was so cool. And then Sunday, back at it. Same setup as Saturday. And we wrap up on Sunday afternoon. One of the things I always talk about at Ascend is, you know, what makes this different from the podcast? And part of that is what I just said in terms of having the time to go deeper, to really apply it to yourself versus listening to it kind of generally or theoretically. And there's no substitute for that. You know, it's so magical what happens when you step away from your life and you give yourself that bandwidth to explore. It's just such a powerful thing. So um, I always make that really clear out of the gate, it reinforced for me just seeing the breakthroughs that people had when they had the dedicated time to apply it to themselves. And also the breakthroughs that came from 
hearing what other people were sharing or sharing their own thoughts and ideas or reservations or opportunities with other people. One of the themes that we talked about over the weekend at Ascend was deprogramming and reprogramming. Deprogramming and reprogramming. For most people, when they go about making a change in their lives, they do so from the perspective of reprogramming, learning something new, adding something on. Whether that is, I'm going to eat better, or I'm going to be more patient with people who live in my home, or I'm going to follow a budget. Those are all reprogramming things. The challenge when we just focus on how we want to reprogram ourselves without focusing on how we want to deprogram ourselves is that the same patterns of thought and the same doubts and reservations and delays and fears and excuses come up, right? Think about it this way. If you wanted to make some changes in your relationship, let's say your romantic relationship, and you want to be more calm, be more loving, have more spark, more intimacy, more connection. That's the reprogram part. But you haven't deprogrammed the part that makes everything annoy you, you know, the part of you that gets your feathers ruffled over dishes in the sink or shoes by the door or not responding to a text message or something like that. Then the reprogramming efforts are really going to be hampered by the fact that you didn't do the work to deprogram some of the existing behaviors or patterns that get in the way. So we wanted to tackle, and we did tackle, both sides of this. How do we deprogram the thoughts or the behaviors that we want to avoid, as well as the more practiced piece, what do we want to reprogram or introduce or create as a new pattern of behavior? We also talked a lot about thinking differently. You know, if you've worked with me in the 12 Weeks to Transformation or if you've listened to the podcast for a while, you know I believe that one of the most important places to start, if not the most important place to start when you want to create any changes with your thoughts. We talked about how every one of us has about 60 to 70,000 thoughts per day. 60 to 70,000 thoughts per day. And 90 to 95% of them are the same day to day. You know, we wake up and we think, I don't know what to wear. I don't know what to eat. I don't feel like going to work. All of those thoughts are repetitive. And if 90 to 95% of what and how we think is the same day to day, what does that tell us about our lives? It tells us that We're 90 to 95% the same day after day after day after day, right? And that's one of the reasons that change feels so hard. It's not that it is so hard, but when we think the same way every day, we then do the same things every single day. We talked about how 95% of who we are is a set of memorized behaviors emotional reactions, beliefs, perceptions, and attitudes. It's just memorized. It's not that it is really who we can be. It doesn't reflect our potential. It doesn't reflect all of the capacity within us. It's just what's memorized. 95% of who we are and how we operate is just a memorized set of patterns. 
And with 90 to 95% of our thoughts being the same day to day, we're not doing much significantly to change it. Yeah, we might try to white knuckle some change in our behavior, but if we're not fundamentally changing how we think, then day to day it's going to remain the same and things are going to be 90 to 95% the same. And yeah, there might be a little bit of difference here and a little bit of improvement here, but overall it's still going to feel really hard. We talked a lot about how to break into that and change it. And one of my big takeaways was just simply asking myself, and I've been doing this multiple times a day since I returned home, how can I think about this differently? Whether it is somebody knocks on the door of the office when I'm trying to record, instead of just going to that memorized pattern of, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Really, again? How can I think about this differently? Not defaulting to the way I would normally react, but seeing it as an opportunity to not have 90 to 95% of my thoughts be the same as they were yesterday. When I think nothing sounds good, you know, what do you want for dinner? Nothing sounds good. That's very much a pregnancy thing because pre-pregnancy, I could probably tell you 20 things that sound good. How can I think about that differently? What's the best thing to give baby? Instead of defaulting to, nothing sounds good. Well, what is the very best thing that I could deliver to this baby who can't make decisions for herself right now? When an email comes in that ruffles my feathers, how can I think about this differently? When something happens in my home that would normally annoy me, Instead of continuing with 90 to 95% of the same thoughts day to day to day and the same things that annoy me always annoy me, how can I think about this differently? And that's been a really great thing for me to come home with. We did a really powerful exercise that actually was prompted by one of my 12 Weeks to Transformation clients this fall. I learned so much from my clients. It's such a gift Somebody posted a video that struck me, and I I shared the concept at Ascend, but essentially it goes like this. I held up a a water bottle, just like one that you would, you know, sip on throughout the day. It was full. And I said, how many of you think this is heavy? And nobody raised their hands. Like, it's, it's a water bottle, right? It's not heavy. And I said, okay holding it up with my arm extended, I said, well, what if I said I was going to hold it like this for an hour? And somebody said, probably start to feel a little heavy. Yeah, but the weight didn't change, right? Yet all of a sudden it's heavy. Follow me here, okay? Because it goes someplace powerful. And I I wish you all could have experienced what we did with it in the room, but I'll do the best I can in, in explaining at least part of it. So I held it up. How many of you think this is heavy? Nobody. What if I held it for an hour? Eh, okay. Maybe it starts to feel it. Well, what if I said I was going to hold it up for the rest of the day? Yeah. That would definitely start to get uncomfortable. But what if I said I was going to hold it for a week? It might actually hurt my wrist, you know, or my shoulder. Well, what if I said I was going to hold it for six months? I was not going to set it down for six months. And I went on like that, right? Proving the point that it's not the weight of something we carry that is the issue because the water bottle is not really that heavy. 
the burden comes from how long we carry it. How much energy does it take to hold a water bottle that, you know, when we first look at it, it's nothing, right? But carrying it for a month, it's going to fatigue me and it's going to impact my capacity in a significant way. Now, I could do the same exact thing if I picked up a 55-pound kettlebell. How many of you would say that's heavy? Probably most people would be like, ah, 55 pounds, that's pretty heavy. Well, what if I said I was going to carry it for a week? Uh, that's intense. Or a year. You'd probably hurt yourself. The weight doesn't change. The factor of the damage it does to us is the amount of time we carry it, not the weight of the thing itself. So I asked them, what are you carrying? You know, maybe you're carrying that conversation you had with somebody a week ago that left you feeling unsettled. In and of itself, it's not a big thing, right? Like in the scheme of life, no big deal. But the fact that you're still carrying it for a week, that's where the burden comes from. And so many of us are carrying things for decades. And we're carrying multiple things. It's not just the one. Lots of us are carrying something from this morning. We're carrying something from yesterday. We're carrying something significant from 15 years ago. And we wonder why we feel burnt out. We wonder why change feels so hard. It's really not the change that's so hard. It's our capacity because of all these things we're carrying. So I asked them, you know, what what are you carrying? What decisions that you've made or choices that you've made or haven't made or interactions, situations, what are you carrying still? The burden doesn't come from the weight of the thing, but how long you carry it. And we explored the fact that there's some resistance to sitting, setting things down, right? I talked about my relationship with my biological dad or lack of relationship with my biological dad. I've carried that for my whole life, minus the first few years. And yet, setting it down, there's some resistance there. Why? Because I'm not a masochist, and I don't think you are either. You know, I don't think we're gluttons for punishment. Sometimes it's validation. If I set it down, it means it's okay and it's not okay, but that's not what setting it down means. Or maybe we feel like setting it down means forgetting about it, and that's not what it means because what I demonstrated with this water bottle is I can set it down. It didn't disappear. Setting it down doesn't mean it never existed. It just means I'm not carrying it right now, but I can pick it up again, and most of us will, even subconsciously. I talked about losing my stepdad in a car accident. I carried that for a long time. Setting it down doesn't mean I don't care, doesn't mean it didn't happen, doesn't mean he doesn't exist. I pick it up every year on the anniversary of his death. December 29th, I pick that up. I choose to carry it. But I don't have to carry it all the time. And the beautiful thing is, when we start to realize that we're still carrying that thing that happened an hour ago, we're still carrying that thing that happened a week ago, we're still carrying that thing that happened a year ago, that choice we made last week, when we recognize it, we can set it down. Doesn't mean we won't pick it up again, but the more we set it down, 
the easier it is to recognize that we've picked it up. So we spent a lot of time looking at what we're carrying, looking at the resistance to setting it down and what's behind that. I shared that a memory without the emotional charge is called wisdom. Because setting down the loss of my dad or the lack of relationship with my biological dad or, or even something small like, you know, a choice I made last week, doesn't mean I don't have the lesson. But without the emotional charge, it's called wisdom. I don't have to feel pain every single time I revisit it. And neither do you. That was a big takeaway for me. I've been asking myself every single day, am I still carrying something from yesterday? Am I still carrying something from the past in general? Or as something happens in the day, this happened just, just recently, um, someone told me, I don't agree with this, but, but their stance is that um, my ambition has exceeded my humanity. Which in the moment, I was like, do you even understand what you're saying when you say that? This isn't somebody that, that knows me personally. And uh, they did share their rationale, and it wasn't based in fact. It was based in their perception, um, which wasn't objective fact. Certainly wasn't my perception, but it, they would never have my perception, right? But my first thought was like, do you even know what you're saying? That my ambition exceeds my humanity? easy to say those words, but you really understand what that means. And, and in that moment, I was like, I don't have to carry that. I can set that down right now. That's not mine. That's not mine. That's somebody else's. And that's been so powerful. So many times I'm now thinking, I don't even have to pick that up. Never mind, carry it for a week and remind myself to set it down. I don't have to pick that up. That's not mine. That's hers. I'm not carrying that. That was, that was one of my biggest takeaways. We also talked about our egos or this sense of this is who I am. And I shared that the ego has a lower limit and the ego has an upper limit. The lower limit is like, well, I'm better than that. I can at least do that, you know. If it comes to money, the lower limit might be, I mean, I might have debt, but I'm not going to steal from people. Like, I, I wouldn't ever go that low, right? And the upper limit shows where our belief stops. Anything beyond that is like, well, I don't know if I could do that. I don't know if that's realistic for me. Both the lower limit of the ego and the upper limit of the ego are entirely self-invented. We created those points. Through our own experiences or our thoughts or our belief or our lack of belief, the upper limit and the lower limit of this is who I am are totally self-created and in between is the comfort zone where we operate. And this is really true for every area of our lives, right? In terms of like movement. My lower limit is like I'm, I'm not a couch potato, right? I'm, I'm better than that. I'm not just going to like lay around and watch TV all day. But my upper limit is like, uh, ring muscle ups? I'm not sure those are something I'm ever going to do. Or handstand push ups? Nah, I'm not sure. For some people, it might be like, I mean, 
I, I could definitely do a 20 minute mile lower limit. Like I'm not, I'm not like a sub 20 minute mile person, but I'm never going to run a marathon upper limit. The upper and the lower are entirely self-created and everything in between is the comfort zone. With relationships. I'm, physical abuse would never happen, right? Lower limit. I'm better than that. I'm not, I, I can get furiously angry, but, but I'm not going to hit this person. And then maybe the upper limit is, but it's not like I can be like loving and sweet all the time. That's not realistic. Really? Totally self-created, completely arbitrary. Between the upper and the lower limit is your comfort zone. So we identified areas of our lives that we want to improve, one or two areas, maybe health or finances or relationships, absolutely anything. And we look to define what are those lower limits and those upper limits. And we were talking about redefining the upper limit, not limiting what is possible for you based on your past or based on your fears. And somebody said, you know, I actually think, this is at a sentence, somebody said, I actually think what I need to adjust is my lower limit. And the person gave the example of physical activity, like getting out of bed is basically my lower limit. You know, I don't, there are days that I don't do anything more than like getting up and getting ready for work and I don't do anything to, to challenge my body or use my body or anything like that. And so I said, that's a really great point and you can change either one of them or you can change both of them. And so we spent some time really looking at those upper and those lower limits for a couple areas of life and, and doing the work right there in the room to change them, making sure that none of us limit the vision we have for our lives or any area of our life based on our current circumstances or our past experiences. It was such a powerful weekend, and I was brought to tears a number of times, not just when the Masters Club surprised me on Saturday night at dinner with all sorts of baby gifts and love for the, the baby girl, but just seeing how willing people were to do that work, even if they were nervous to go in the room and not know what to expect, it was, it was so inspiring. And I just left there so clearly reminded that making the space to step out of your comfort zone and do something other than just going through the motions of listening to a podcast or reading a book or going to work every day is so necessary and so powerful and just catapults you to a next level. And the relationships that are built there can't be built online. They just, they just can't. It was, it was powerful. And I shared with everybody there that when I found out I was pregnant, Ascend was already on the books. Like I already had a contract for this hotel in Portland and I already had a date, but tickets hadn't gone on sale yet. And so when I found out I was pregnant and I knew that I would be about seven months pregnant for Ascend and it would require, you know, cross-country travel and all that, it was a real, it was a real consideration of should I just not have Ascend in 2019? Should I just take the year off and not have that on my plate as I'm gearing up for having a baby. And I remember my mom, my mom very clearly was like, I don't think you should do it. I don't think you should launch ticket sales. I don't think you should do it. 
And I decided to do it anyway. And all the way up until the event was kind of like, was this the right choice? Because I love it, but there's just so much time that goes into it, so much work that goes into it, so much money that goes into it. And I left there knowing that I will, I will always do this. Every single year I will do this. It is so important. It's important for me to connect with you guys in that setting, but it's also so powerful for you guys to connect with each other in that setting. And it's irreplaceable to step away from your life and create the time to do that work that we often don't have when we're listening to a podcast. So I just felt so invigorated and so inspired and so encouraged and uh, more clear than ever that this is this is a part of Primal Potential that is here to stay, these annual weekend workshops. So I know I can't capture the magic of the weekend in a podcast, and I know I can't even scratch the surface of what we covered in two days in a 30-minute in a podcast, but I wanted to share a few of those takeaways with you. I hope that you get something out of it that you can put into action in your life. And if you are curious about working more closely with me in a coaching kind of relationship, definitely consider the 12 Weeks to Transformation because it does something that the podcast just can't do in making it more about you and more about action and really targeted not towards learning, but targeted towards changing and getting out of your own way. And we do that in so many different ways to make sure that you don't drift and to make sure that you stay engaged. Daily coaching messages, like daily, seven days a week. Um, weekly coaching calls, weekly challenges, the identity journal that we send out in the mail to you, all of that kind of stuff. There will be a winter 2020 session that starts the first Sunday in January. Registration opens next week to the waitlist only. So on December 11th, registration will open up to folks who are on the waitlist. So getting on the waitlist is really important if you want um, access to some early action bonuses and that sort of stuff, discounts, etc. But also to learn more about it, if you go to the waitlist page, which is primalpotential.com forward slash transform, primalpotential.com forward slash transform, there's a video that goes into a lot of the, the nuts and the bolts and the how it works and the who it's for and who it's not for and what you can expect and the financial investment and the payment options. All of that stuff is there. I also, um, I stay in touch with the waitlist. You guys hear from me a lot. And registration does open next week to the waitlist first. They always get first access. They always get exclusive bonuses, that sort of stuff. So head over to primalpotential.com forward slash transform to get on the wait list. And uh, you can also go to the show notes page for today's episode to find that primalpotential.com forward slash 690. I hope you have an amazing day and I'll chat with you soon. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Primal Potential Podcast, where my goal is not to inform you, but to transform you. And if you would like to receive free motivation and strategy and recipes, workouts, meal ideas every week right to your inbox, just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. It's a great way to get the tools, the strategies, and the practical implementation assistance that you need to create your own transformation between podcast episodes. Just text the word PRIMAL to the number 
888-244-2222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. See you there. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.